1: We can see that
2: illuminated
1: sign that marks the end of the journey.
2: This vaccine will help us to get past this pandemic once and for all. We need people to have
3: faith that this vaccine is safe and that they should take it. The thing that's going to stop us from seeing the end of this pandemic are people going, oh, I'm not so sure.
1: Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Roger Hearing.
4: And good afternoon, I'm Caroline Hepkett. So, Roger, we have the timetable, 118 days to freedom, as The Telegraph put it on the front page this morning. Boris Johnson has laid out his plan to ease the lockdown in stages, saying that the end of the pandemic is in sight for England. Schools are, of course, the first priority they will reopen for all pupils on the 8th of March, while large parts of the economy will then begin to reopen in mid-April have a listen
1: in step two non-essential retail will reopen as will personal care including hairdressers I'm glad to say and nail salons (laughs) indoor leisure facilities such as gyms will reopen as will holiday lets but only for use by individuals or household groups well, if all goes according to this plan, the Prime Minister wants to end social distancing rules entirely by June the 21st. But earlier we spoke to Jerry Glazier. He's executive member of the National Education Union. He was very critical of Boris Johnson's plans for reopening schools. On the 8th of March, around 10 million kids and adults will be gathering together in schools in England. And we are concerned that that may have a very negative impact on um, future infection levels. We're a bit surprised that the Prime Minister hasn't gone for a phased approach like Scotland, Northern Ireland or Wales, where we wanted to see the children being brought, brought back in more gradually and see the consequences of that. And that was Gerry Glazer of the National Education Union. Well I'm very pleased to say joining us now is Justin Madders who's Labour MP for Ellesmere Port and Neston and Shadow Health Minister. Justin, welcome to the programme and thank you for being with us today. Um, uh, after boris johnson's speech uh, your leader keir starmer got up and pretty much said that they wouldn't change much is there anything you would change in the prime minister's
2: timetable well i think i think the the, the important thing to start off with is that it shouldn't be uh, a timetable because uh, he's been saying for a couple of weeks now that he will be driven by data not dates so um the idea that that we are going to do things on particular dates. I think is not really actually the approach the government uh, has said they're taking, and indeed uh, should be taking. Um, I think that the general thrust of uh, um, waiting to see how things um, are uh, panning out before we we do more relaxations is the right one. We've been here before several times, as you know, and we've uh, unfortunately had to go back into lockdowns on two occasions because. Um, things haven't been done right. But I think what what was missing really from uh, yesterday was a, a recognition that um, there needs to be more support for people to self-isolate and that actually our borders are porous and there is still a huge risk that new variants will come into countries. So those are the two things that really um, uh, need to be addressed as part of this plan.
4: Okay. What about the vaccine rollout, though, on that front? Surely things are going very well. And OK, if you don't call it a timetable, fine. Data, but not dates. But we did get some dates, and certainly the public's sort of clinging to those. Is the government getting it all right, then, when it comes to vaccines?
2: Well, um, look, we, we're we absolutely delighted that uh, the vaccine rollout is, is going well. Um, clearly, that is going to be a big part of... Uh, moving forward as a a country and getting over this virus. Um, We think there possibly could be more done. Simon Stevens, the head of the NHS, said actually that they've got uh, capacity to to double the number of vaccines that are delivered. So I think what we're asking is for the government to really look at that, make sure that every arm of the NHS and, and and the voluntary sector and the private sector is used to get that vaccine out as quickly as possible. Uh, we, we all want to get back to normality, and obviously, the more people are vaccinated, the sooner we can do that.
1: Well, Justin, wearing your hat as a Shadow Health Minister, you mentioned earlier, you touched on the suggestion that perhaps the government wasn't taking these variants seriously enough, perhaps in controlling people coming into the country. What would you like to see different?
2: I think what we what we want to see is uh, this this quarantine system that has been adopted for uh, some countries applying to. All international arrivals. Uh, we know uh, international travel is uh, is pretty um, pretty mixed. People come from different countries uh, and stop off route on other places. So um, the idea that we can simply identify a small number of countries where quarantine is needed, I think, just doesn't uh, deal with the way the virus transmits.
4: Do you think the government needs to be clear about what's happening in the summer then? Because straight after Boris Johnson made the announcement about the roadmap, the number of package holidays and airline tickets bought shot up on EasyJet and TUI. So does the messaging need to be much clearer on what happens come the summer?
2: well i think i think the 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 message for the summer was that they've not made any decisions so um i know people will feel optimistic after the announcement yesterday but uh, clearly uh, what, what i heard was that um no decisions on international travel have been been made yet now we i think we've got every reason to be optimistic that uh, there will be at least some uh, uh countries that we will be able to go to particularly if people do uh, have proof of the vaccine because I think that that seems likely to be part of the uh, part of the package moving forward. Um, but but I think it's it's really too soon to be making any uh, assumptions about where and when we can travel what do you think about schools reopening
1: i mean that is a vexed issue we heard earlier of course from the national education union thinking this isn't probably the best way to do it on the other hand you know there are lots and lots of people out there who are desperate to get their kids back into school and of course there's a huge deprivation gap in education that's going to travel through the school community for many years
2: yeah look, I, I think we all we all want schools uh back fully as, as soon as possible uh and there is a there is a huge question about this um uh, uh missed period of time which um there isn't really yet a convincing plan to to, to sort of provide catch up for. Um but I understand that, that there's gonna be um tremendous pressure on schools uh, on the eighth of March when all pupils are back and I think schools are expected to do all the all the testing themselves initially. Um certainly the schools I've talked to um mm. say that that's a incredible uh, drain on their uh, staff resources, which they simply don't have spare. So I think there does need to be a lot more support and, and guidance for schools in terms of, uh, of, of that initial return.
4: Okay, speaking of resources, and we're going to hear from the Chancellor with the budget next week, um, what do you want to hear from him about support for business, but also on raising taxes?
2: Well, I think that uh, we we are probably um, uh, still too... Uh, much in the middle of this to be talking about raising taxes. The economy uh, has been struggling for a year now um, and we know that it's going to be some time yet before we uh, get out of the woods. I accept that uh, in the long term we're going to have to pay back everything that's been spent uh, in this period supporting businesses and individuals. But actually what we really need to make sure we do is is support those businesses that still aren't going to be able to trade uh, properly for several months, if not longer, in this final period. Um, they've got rates bills coming in uh, uh, in April. The, the, the furlough is due in April. It's really important that we get clarity that those support me- mechanisms are going to continue uh, at t- until at least the summer to make sure that those, those who have been protected during this period are, are continue to be supported. Um, Just- I, I, really think, I really think there should have been a, a decision on that taken already because businesses can't carry on waiting for uh, budgets to be announced. They need to make 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 a decision on where they stand now.
1: Justin, let me bring you uh, closer to home, I guess for you, which is to do with the the Vauxhall plant Ellesmere. Uh, you probably have seen the reports about Stellantis planning potentially to scrap the the present Astra model, possibly closing the plant. I mean, eight hundred jobs. What do you know? What can be done?
2: Well, um, what what we know is that the the current Astra model uh, has reached the end of its. Lifecycle, uh, and that the the company have always said that they would um, review production there once once the outcome of Brexit was known. So uh, it's no surprise that a decision is being made now. What obviously we're very concerned about is whether uh, a positive decision is made for the future of the plant. I mean, there's, there's 800 plus people there now, but actually we we we've employed a lot more in the past, and we would like to do so again. And and that obviously mm. doesn't take account of the huge numbers in supply chains and associated industries. So um, we've been pressing uh, government for uh, a support package to make sure that Stellantis have confidence to invest in the plant so we get that next model. We've got everything crossed. We've just got mm-hmm. to hope that uh, the right decision is made.
4: Okay. Are you actually in touch with them about it?
2: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah I've, I've uh, had, uh, had meetings and conversations with with a whole range of people. Um we, I um, we, we think we stressed the point that um, the government's agenda is about green jobs, so a, a move to an electric vehicle would fit nicely with that. The government's agenda is levelling up uh, parts of the country, including the north, which is, again, something that uh, ticks the box for them, and of course they will want to show that after we've left the EU, it is still possible to attract international business investment, and again, that's something that we, we're we saying to government really should be at the top of their agenda and which is why they need to pull out all the stops to make sure that uh, this plant gets the investment it needs for the future.
1: But just in a couple of words, you haven't received any assurances as yet on any side?
2: No, I, I, I don't know if a decision has been made. I understand one's going to be taken this week. Um, we've done everything we can to, to put the best case forward. The workforce there uh, is extremely efficient. Uh, they've... Uh, Work very closely with management there for many years. Yep. The trade union is very, very uh, uh, receptive to uh, doing all it can to keep the fund going. I think so, you know we've we've done everything we possibly can. Think, We're yeah. in the hands of of government. To to match the investment that scientists need to carry on.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QB. Join heads of state influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at cuttereconomicforum.com.
1: Let's have a look at what's making news in the world of politics. Now we begin with the Prime Minister's roadmap because while an official end to travel restrictions wasn't announced yesterday, holiday bookings have surged EasyJet tickets more than quadrupled in the hours after Johnson spoke. TUI said holiday bookings to Spain, Turkey and Greece jumped sixfold overnight. A global travel task force is going to issue a report on how to return to international travel on April the 12th. After that, the government will decide whether to remove restrictions. However, none of this will happen until May the 17th at the earliest.
4: Yes, uh, but holidaymakers were jumping online despite all of that. Uh, Well, meanwhile, of course, Boris Johnson's plan is also going to determine how quickly the government and subsidies are withdrawn from the UK economy. So Bloomberg sources say that the Chancellor is going to extend support over the next four months with some businesses due to remain closed until at least the uh, 21st of June. So Sunak is going to set out the details of the budget next week on the 3rd of March. Data today, though, Roger, just this morning would suggest that he's going to have his work cut out for him because unemployment climbed to its highest rate in almost five years in the fourth quarter of the year. So the jobless rate at 5.1%. And of course, we know that some 4 million jobs are being supported by the furlough scheme. So even that sort of, um, you know, is there supporting people.
1: Meanwhile, the scandal that's been rumbling north of the border has become rather more critical. The former First Minister of Scotland, Alex Salmond, has alleged that individuals from the Scottish Government and the Scottish National Party have attempted to remove him from public life and even imprison him. According to a Daily Telegraph report on Salmond's submission to a Holyrood inquiry, this is what's been going on. Well, an SNP spokesman said it's an assertion without a shred of credible evidence. Salmond will appear before the inquiry tomorrow.
4: Mm. Uh, Meanwhile, when it comes to a new constituency, Labour is making their pitch to farmers, with Keir Starmer becoming the first Labour leader to speak at the annual National Farmers Union conference today. He's calling on people living in rural areas to take a fresh look at his party, vowing to push for new investment in food and farming. Starmer is also urging people to buy more British food and for more of the public sector's £2.4 billion food procurement budget to actually be spent locally.
1: Yes, trying to make sure that Labour is not seen as the urban party. But speaking of trying to keep parties on board, how is Boris Johnson doing now that he's published his timetable? Joining us, I'm very pleased to say, is Lauren McKevitt, who's Managing Director of Morpeth Consulting and former Conservative Special Advisor. Lauren, welcome to the programme. Thanks for being with us again. Let me just put before you a headline in the Daily Mail today. It was the outlier in a way because it wasn't sounding quite as joyous as the rest. The headline of the Daily Mail was, what are we waiting for? Does it this hint, do you think, Lauren, that perhaps there's a bit of lack of support on Boris's own backbench? He's maybe in middle England. Um, They talked about even Professor Lockdown says we should be going faster. Is Boris at risk of not bringing some parts of his support base with him? Uh,
3: I think that... Some snap polling that was done over the over the course of last night indicated that actually there is broad spectrum consensus uh, within the population for the um, the rate and the speed that that the prime minister announced in the the, the lockdown easing announcement he made yesterday evening. Um, I think that the outlier nature of this uh, from the Daily Mail's point of view is actually in relation to where the general population are, um, and not in relation to um, uh, 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 what they believe is a constituency that I think is much smaller. Uh, than it actually is in their in their in their minds. Most people are broadly happy with this way of approaching easing lockdown this time, and I think that's for two pretty good reasons. Um, the first is that there is quite a long roadmap here, um, with some very serious expectation management built in from the outset. So five weekly reviews. You know, the the, the dates in question here are very clearly labelled as not before this date, rather than at the last possible minute. Before the state. so I think the expectation management game from the government is is being played pretty well here. I think a lot of anxiety in the UK was created last year um, around uh, speed towards reopening that then had to be reversed really quickly um, about the numbers that we saw uh, in early January, and I think that everyone in the country is keen to avoid going back to that, mm. um, and to understand, you know, that actually scientific understanding in the general community in the general population about coronavirus has improved in the last year. And one of the things that has really cut through is that the possibility of new variants could send us backwards again and could, in theory, negate some of the strides made through the vaccination program. I think that that knowledge is supporting a general consensus in the population that actually this is the right speed to approach lockdown easing.
4: Yeah, OK, I'm going to quote the poll then that you refer to. It's the YouGov yeah. poll of 3,900 adults in England. It found that 46% of people polled think that the government got the balance right on lifting lockdown. 26% yeah. think the ministers are moving too fast. 16% think that they are moving too slowly. So I get that that's, um, that supports your argument. On the other hand, and this is the kind of great dilemma, isn't it? hours after the prime minister was talking about this sort of very careful cautious lockdown being lifted people are clicking on tickets for summer holidays on package holidays so you know there's a kind of push pull within the british psyche isn't there about what's going on yes people want to be cautious but they also want to go on their summer holiday
3: yeah i mean people want to be cautious they wish to you know then like you said a majority of people polled Um, support the government's uh, uh, conclusions uh, in the lockdown easing announcement yesterday. But there's also a significant chunk of the population who are going to make bad decisions. And I would say that that significant chunk are probably the 16% who think that lockdown is easing too slowly. Um, That's probably the number who were online picking on holidays um, uh, last night. And I think that the cautiousness with which the government has approached, particularly the international travel element of this, is something that, is going to filter through more and more in the next couple of weeks. You know, we have a review of international travel reporting on April 12th. Um, they, they are updating the the, the quarantine red list. Uh, I think every fortnight is my understanding. Um, and they are very clear in, in the, easing, the easing announcement on the differences between lockdown easing on domestic travel within the United Kingdom and within England um, and on international travel. Uh, and I think that there will be some disappointed people this summer who've made poor decisions in relation to holiday expenditure Um, but there will be an awful lot more people who will be happy that they can go to Wales or to Cornwall um, or to the Lake District um, because we've taken sensible measures and our vaccination programme is going so well.
1: Lauren I mean I take on board that the majority of people probably are not in the camp that want a much faster reopening. Uh, But significant people are on his own backbenches as well. I mean, you know the way that the Conservative Party works. A lot does depend on keeping people like Mark Harper or Steve Baker on board. And they have certainly indicated that this is not what they want. In fact, they said they wanted all regulations ended by the end of April. They're not likely to keep quiet, are they?
3: No, but they're also not likely to get their way. I think that Mark Harper and Steve Baker are significant outliers. In this, I think that they are not going to topple a government majority if, um, if this has to come for a vote. I think that they do not carry the broad consensus support of the population of the United Kingdom with them. Um, I firmly believe that they are as much of an outlying group as the 16% who think the lockdown is easing too slowly.
4: Hmm, okay, the great peril then surely um, for the Prime Minister is the, the flip side that the opposite happens that we end up having to have some kind of a new restrictions lockdown in the autumn. Um, that is is really the big danger isn't it?
3: That's a big danger for him, but I'd say it's an even increasingly larger danger for Mark Harper and Steve Baker chomping at the bit to open things faster if this backfires, Mm. Um, and it's because they've put tremendous pressure on the government. I think that a heavy amount of blame is going to lay at their doorstep too. Um, I think that the Prime Minister is going to avoid uh, stumbling into the trap that opening up too quickly would, would, would give him, which is a trap that would see this possibly having to be reversed later in the year. I think that he's not unconscious of the fact that we may indeed have to have restrictions in the year. I mean you heard um one of the uh one of the scientific advisors next to me yesterday at the announcement, I can't remember which indicated that it's possible that a small resurgence next year, next you know, next winter could see us have to wear masks in public again, for example. And um I think we have to be prepared uh for the fact that although the the government are doing their best to make sure this is the last lockdown of this nature um, that restrictions in some in some arenas may have to come back in um, later in the year if this does resurge in some way. But all of this is an argument against the Mark Harpers of this world, not in support of them.
1: But there are arguments that may be coming to Rishi Sunak's door from business about the pain they're suffering and the difficulties of rebounding under these circumstances. And that must surely hit home, even if what uh, Steve Baker and Mark Harper
3: doesn't. That is absolutely true, um, and I think that the March third budget is going to be crucial for getting us um, into a position where the financial security of particularly small and medium-sized enterprises in the United Kingdom is 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 guaranteed in at least the medium term. A lot of SMEs, um, particularly in non-immediately impacted arenas. So, you know, an immediately impacted arena would be a small pub or restaurant, you know, a small hairdresser. The non-immediately impacted arena, they're the SMEs who just can't operate in quite the way they used to. So they've just got significantly less income coming into them. Um, Those guys largely haven't qualified for any kind of specific package of Mm. support in the course of the last eight months. Most of them will have in some way taken out corporate debt um, in relation to their businesses. That is something you can really only do once. Mm. Um, and those guys are coming to the end of the line uh, in being able to support a slowdown uh, in 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 the you know in in the longer term. Um, the furlough is rumored to be extended until June. Um, I think probably we'll see an uptick in companies looking at the circumstances and saying, okay, yes, we are going yeah. to partially furlough people now yeah. because we do have some kind of an indication of when this might end. But I also, like I said on um, on a, a program I did with you at, at, around Christmas. I do think the Treasury have been slow to take up options when it comes to long term debt. Um, and I think that Keir Starmer raising this in a speech he did last week is probably one mm. of the reasons that the government is going to have to be tipped into, into considering that more seriously going forward. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we, we do have financial problems at the individual and business level yeah. that are going to need financial solutions in the next six months.
1: Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London.